Welcome back to another Edge God In podcast. Thank you for pushing the pause button today to join us at our Edge God In podcast, which our main mission here is to champion your human potential in Christ. We recently launched the Emotional Intelligence in Christ project, and we're looking at Edge God In kind of as the voice of emotional intelligence in Christ as the Holy Spirit guides us. So the topics that we discuss here at Edge God In are, are basically human topics, topics that if you happen to be a human being <laughs> tuning into this podcast, you will most likely relate to on a day-to-day -day basis. Our emotions can go from dormant to live very quickly. And as we up our inner game to serve the Lord with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength and love our neighbor as ourself, then we gain ground in the spiritual battle or the ring of, of the spiritual battle. Our battle isn't against flesh and blood, but against the spiritual forces of evil waging war against our soul. And perhaps you're experiencing a little bit of that bump this week. Perhaps there's something that's happened to you that you're having a hard time evicting between your two ears. You are the landlord of your mind. And when we move from the flesh, it's a lot more difficult than when we're moving from the spirit. And today's conversation is just that on the power of the Holy Spirit, or better known as the comforter in life. Our title for today's podcast is How to Receive the Comfort You Seek. And this podcast is actually inspired by a colleague friend of mine who sent me a uh, YouTube video <clears throat> that was a replay of some incredible preaching by uh, Pastor Todd. And his title, if you'd like to get the full hour and a half of this, because I would be pulling up, pulling and expanding just a few points that he made during this talk, is uh, is about being cuffed to comfort. So you could look up Pastor Todd uh, Cuffed to Comfort on YouTube for uh, extended resources in addition to listening to this podcast. So how do, how do we receive the comfort that we seek? This is what we're going to be diving into a little bit deeper today. Our learning objective is that at the end of this podcast, you'll understand the difference, uh, personally speaking, between the worldly comforts that you're seeking right now to give you that sense of safety and connection and the comfort that God invites you into in the midst of life's storms. And it's a big difference, big, big difference. In fact, as Pastor Todd pointed out, when we cling to comfort or are cuffed, as he uses the term, to comfort in our life, we often will sabotage our calling because we stay clinging to the comfort, the items of our comfort. And there's, there's lots of different areas of comfort, and I'm going to ask you to identify those in your own life because clarity of focus leads to accuracy of response, particularly when we're coming before God and asking for deliverance from something. I know that one of the things that I'm cuffed to and have been cuffed to for comfort is uh, the need for control, right? In order to feel safe, in order to feel 
that I am comforted, that um, I'm not going to be sabotaged by the pop-ups in life. So what is it for you today that you're clinging to in order to feel comfortable and safe? Because oftentimes we'll walk into situations and say, oh, I don't know, I just feel uncomfortable in this situation. Perhaps you can identify with that. We all have our areas or threshold of when we get hijacked by the exterior environment and Satan plays with us and we our comfort gets hijacked by what someone says or doesn't say, or I don't feel comfortable in, in uh, public speaking situations. I don't feel comfortable with conflict. Um, we give a lot of power away, my friends, to different events outside of us, whereas God calls us to claim the victory that is ours in any situation that we're facing or going through. So think about what you're bringing to today's podcast. Just a little bit of uh, extra resources. If you'd like to visit us at edgegodin.com, please do so. And you, you will also notice a one sheet for uh, to capture your learnings. If you are driving or just listening along here, be where you're at and invite the Holy Spirit to show you what are one to three things. I'm going to be talking for about a half an hour as the Holy Spirit guides. What are one to three things that the Holy Spirit wants you to remember and transfer into your faith life, into your behavior, so that you can become freer today as a result of tuning into today's podcast? One of our foundational verses at Edge Got In is Galatians 5.1. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm and do not allow yourself to be burdened by the yoke of slavery, whether that's the yoke of slavery to control, the need for control, the need to be perfect, the need to be right, liked, understood, whatever it is for you today, my brothers and sisters in Christ, bring it before the Lord. Confession is the first place archway to walk through as we move closer to the freedom that is discussed in Galatians 5.1, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm. Don't allow yourself to be burdened by the yoke of slavery. The yoke of slavery that we're exploring today are those things that we cling to for comfort other than God. We're going to be pulling from a very popular story from 2 Samuel 11 and 12. And we're also going to pull in a little Psalms and a little bit of uh, Gospel of John today as well. And the scriptures, as with all of the podcasts, the scriptures we use in the podcast are listed at edgegodin.com under the podcast that you happen to be listening to um, at that time. So you'll have that resource. And please visit us at emotionalintelligenceinchrist.com. We recently launched our first course. We're working on the certification course as well. And you will find the book and the course uh, accessible at emotionalintelligenceinchrist.com. So we are talking about emotional intelligence here. When it comes to the second phase of emotional intelligence in Christ, that being self-control. It's the caboose of the, the fruits of the spirit that activate or cause you to be wakeful and attentive to the other fruits of the spirit in order to love well, in order to be kind, to be joyful, to be peaceful. 
all of those require that sense of self-control not to attach your identity, which is the first phase of emotional intelligence in Christ, to anything but God. Insecurity comes when we place our security in anything but God. So as you come to today's podcast, perhaps you are giving free rent to some thoughts that are evoking a sense of insecurity in your life. Jesus wants that. He's after you. He wants that wound. He wants that false perception of self. He wants that um, attachment, emotional state of clinging due to the belief that without it, you can't be happy, safe, secure. He wants it all because he knows that in that complete, pure surrender of you to God, here I am, Lord, have your way with me. Your freedom is resurrected as well as your identity and ability to practice self-control because the Holy Spirit is driving the bus versus the flesh. Dear Lord, we come to you today and we just invite your power in today's podcast. I pray that the words of my mouth, meditations of my heart would be acceptable in your sight for the edification of everyone who is joining today. Stop us in our tracks, Lord. Give us the strength to pause, to self-reflect on what we are clinging to for our comfort in the world around us that is sabotaging your calling on our life. Give us the grace to let go and to reestablish one commitment and one focus, and that is to be your ambassador so that you can make your appeal through us for your glory. In your most precious name, we pray, in your Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So let's jump into a pretty popular story that... I know I've read many times because after I read it, I say to myself, so if this actually happens, happened, um, you're saying I have a chance, dear God, thank you for the story of David. So we're looking at second Samuel chapter 11. Now I come to you today and I kind of debated whether or not to even record a podcast for this week, because I was, uh, I recently um, tested positive for COVID and I've been very sick. This is my 12th day. And I, um, I, I met with my doctors about two years ago, or actually a year and a half ago. And, and as, as you've heard me speak about in other podcasts, I'm an advanced cancer conquer. Um, the, the cancer actually spread through my lymph system. And because of uh, possible inflammation due to getting any vaccines, and um, I have gotten a vaccine before in the past, and it resulted in Bell's palsy, that they made the conclusion that it was in my best interest not to get the vaccine. So as you can imagine, which is similar to cancer, once you've had it, Satan can use that as a trigger for fear right? It's just a matter of time, just a matter of time. And when you have any ache and pain being a post-cancer conqueror, the mind tends to go there. The Holy Spirit rescues us from those kind of fears. So I was praying for the strength to have a mild version of it so that I could have the natural antibodies. And, and I got hit pretty hard uh, last week 
And like I said, I'm on about day 12. And so I'm coming to you in weakness today. Um, I'm about 50%, I would say. When, it, when you think of your personality as like, okay, I'm 100% today, I'm, I'm rocking at about 50% today. So the one verse that I, I wanted to bring to the front lines before jumping in to let you know that perhaps you're at 50% today, maybe 40. Um, <clears throat> perhaps you're going through some physical uh, trial right now and you're feeling weak. Maybe you're feeling mentally weak, beaten down. There's things that are that haven't been turning out for you in the uh, in the world around you, and therefore you're feeling discouraged. Right? You're not feeling comforted. Come as you are. God does His greatest work in the eye of the storm. In fact, the subtitle for the first book I wrote, "Hearing His Whisper," is "With Every Storm, Jesus Comes Too." Do not be afraid of suffering whether that be emotional, physical, spiritual. I remember going through all the different components of suffering when I had the five years of treatment for the cancer. And as you lean into the suffering and use it as one of Mother Teresa's nuns reminded me when I was going through the eye of the storm of the 14 surgeries, six weeks of daily radiation, two years of experimental treatment, an open wound for two years, and uh, MRSA staph infection, and, and, and uh, max radiation and chemo to my system. I remember reflecting on several verses of comfort, um, one of them being that his grace is sufficient for us. His powers made perfect in our weakness. In Corinthians, Paul mentions a thorn in his flesh. So perhaps um, you're seeking comfort from a thorn today in your flesh. And Paul goes on to say, my grace is sufficient. His grace is sufficient for me. His powers made perfect in my weakness. And so as I've been going through the different phases of COVID, I've been flipping it up as this little nun that I went to visit that was mother, one of Mother Teresa's nuns said, don't waste your suffering. Don't waste your suffering. Lift it up. Unite it to, to Christ and, and use it to, to lift up fervent prayers for your brothers and sisters around the world who are suffering. Perhaps at the same level, and, and there's no judgment in suffering, it's very unique, lifting it up nonetheless for your brothers and sisters in Christ that are suffering around the world. And it's amazing how once we stop thinking about ourselves, even in the eye of suffering, and I have a lot of compassion for suffering. I've, I've, I've gone through, I've gone through my share and I'm, and perhaps uh, if you've been alive long enough in earth school, you have gone through your share as well. Don't waste it, lift it up. And be careful of being hijacked to clinging to comforts that the world has to offer in the midst of your suffering. We become very vulnerable to being hijacked when, when we are compromised. There's something in neuroscience called the HALT, H-A-L-T. I like to add the S at the end. Whenever you're hungry, angry, lonely, tired, or sick, Satan gets a full foothold very quickly. And as your body feels weaker, and I can speak this from personal experience, stand firm on your thought life. 
truly activate Romans 12, 1 through 2. Do not conform to this world that rises and falls depending upon how you're feeling, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. Know all the more. You've got a, I've got a couple black belts in world taekwondo and with each each belt to achieve it there was certain kind of mental training there is no better training even though paul says yeah you know physical training has some value we're talking about spiritual training here today so that you are successful in the ring when life does not show up the way you want to when you are in the halt hungry, angry, lonely, tired, or sick, or not knowing, or needing a sense of control in order to feel safe. So you seek control by looking outside of yourself, rather than looking to the one that can give you peace that passes all human understanding in spite of, even though in the midst of, he does his greatest, his greatest work. So be very careful about complacency in your faith. And this is this is a podcast to stir up your faith. In Revelation chapter 3, we're told that God, because we're neither hot nor cold, that God is about to spit us out of his mouth. He wishes that we were either one or the other, meaning God is not a fan of mediocrity. He's not a fan of playing both, both sides of the fence. Choose this day whom you will serve. In Zechariah 4, 6, which is another comforting verse, right? And this is something you can camp on for your comfort. Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. This is our victory, my brothers and sisters in Christ. Whatever it is that you are clinging to for comfort outside of yourself, the first step toward freedom is acknowledgement. My name is Lauren, and you know what? I cling to control in order to feel safe in life. So when things are out of my control, if I don't hear back from someone professionally, if I'm not included, right, I feel out of control, then I'm likely to get hijacked and rise and fall depending upon what's going on outside of me. What is it for you today? Perhaps it's your achievements. Perhaps that if you don't have enough achievements or certifications or titles um, or training, that you feel inadequate, that you're not enough, that God can't use you. Well, we're talking about David, who was a shepherd, and he wasn't, he wasn't the top pick, <laughs> just saying, when he was called. And he ended up being, as it says, at least two times in the scriptures, it says that David was a man after God's own heart. Keep that in mind as we're refreshing ourselves on the story of David and Bathsheba in 2 Samuel, verse, or 2 Samuel chapter 11. So what happened here is David was gung-ho for God, and then he became complacent in the sense he became relaxed. He started to stop doing the things he did at first. And as in the springtime was, was the, the time where the kings go off to war, not David. So he didn't suit up. Right. So, when, what happens when we stop suiting up for God? Ephesians chapter six: helmet of salvation, sword of the spirit, breastplate of righteousness, belt of truth. 
our feet firmly fitted in the, the, the power of the scriptures within us, what happens? We become very, very vulnerable to getting hijacked. How do we know when we're hijacked? When we have a strong emotion, strong negative emotion, one of doubt, fear, worry. There was a podcast, if you haven't listened to it yet, called Why Do We Worry? And worry is a story you make up about something in your future that hasn't happened yet. Satan has a heyday helping you make up those stories. Why? Because he knows when you don't have peace, you're ineffective for God. Just know that's his number one spiritual tactic. There's another podcast on that. When you're not at peace, he knows that you are ineffective for God. Hello. <laughs> of course, the first couple of days when I had a hard time breathing of this COVID experience, of course, my mind went to, oh, crap, am I going out this way? And then I would remind myself of the scriptures. No, you're bigger than this. You will give my body the ability and the cells the ability to be able to rise up and fight against this virus in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Talk back to when you start to feel hijacked. David didn't. And so he got hijacked completely. He was completely immersed in comfort in 2 Samuel chapter 11. So David sent Joab out with the king's men and the whole Israel army, but not David. He's hanging, he's hanging out at home, right? And be very careful about getting too comfortable in your faith walk with the Lord, because it's then that Satan hijacks you and uses you for his purposes as he did with David. Verse 2, chapter 11, one evening, David got up from his bed and walked around on the roof of the palace, just walking around. From the roof, he saw a woman bathing. The woman was very beautiful, and David sent someone to find out about her. The woman said she's Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam, and the wife of Uriah, the Hittite. Now, at that point, it should have been, it should have been an easy no. She's married. And she's the daughter of Iliam. Not going there. As, as Paul says, do not touch, do not taste. David went further. He sent a messenger to go get her. We can use this metaphorically. This is a powerful story. So what is it that you, you know is not good for you? Whatever it is, what escape is it for you? What are the comfort things that you go to? Uh, I don't know if it's chocolate. I don't know if it's uh, um, the internet, whether or not it's seeking people out there in the world to respond to you in certain ways, the drug of approval, the disease to please, scrolling, FaceTiming, you name it. We have all the distractions right at our fingertips. All the more we've got to up our game and suit up for war, spiritual war, battle in the Lord. David was slacking. So his emotions and his feelings, I just feel like this, she will comfort me, uh, called for her. She came, he slept with her. She got pregnant. David sent word to Joab, uh, I better cover this up, which often happens when we do have some something happen in our lives and we're embarrassed by it. We'll have a cover up backup plan. And David 
didn't, <laughs> he was no exception. He sent word to Joab and said, send Uriah the Hittite to me. So he pulled him off the battlefield line and he actually got him drunk, wanted to get him drunk so he would sleep with his wife. So then he would think, oh, I got my wife pregnant. But Uriah was, he was playing the game of war in the sense that he wasn't going to leave his military campaign. He wasn't going to just slack during that time. Uriah said to David, the ark and Israel and Judah are staying in tents and my commander Joab and my Lord's men are camped in the open country. How could I go down to my house to eat and drink and make love to my wife? As surely as you live, I will not do such a thing. Now, this is the difference between a man who says, no, do not touch, do not taste. I'm not going there because I'm committed. I am absolutely committed to the calling. David was wavering. Therefore, he started to seek comfort in the world. Whenever we waver in our faith, we're going to go to the path of least resistance. I just need a quick hit. Just give me one bag of chips. I'm just going to have one Oreo. I'm using food as an example because it's such a great metaphor for what's your Oreo? What's your cookie? That's hard for you that, that you go to as a result. Perhaps it's binge watching a show, an escape. We all have those areas of comfort that hijack us from being attentive and alert in the Lord. So David said to him, stay here one more day and tomorrow I'll send you back. So Uriah, Uriah reigned in Jerusalem that day and the next. At David's invitation, he ate and drank with him. David got him drunk, hoping he would do it, but he didn't go. So he goes to his third plan. We'll put him on the front lines. In the morning, David wrote a letter to Joab and sent it with Uriah. In it, he wrote, put Uriah out in front where the fighting is the fiercest. So he's covering up for his cover-up. Then withdraw from him so he'll be struck down and die. So Joab listened to David, and it rolled out exactly the way David wanted it to roll out. Uriah the Hittite died. Bathsheba, the very thing that gave him comfort, he now hurt. Sometimes we do that. The things that bring us comfort, we end up hurting the most. And that's, again, that's a battle with the ego, edging God out. When our flesh is in charge, there is usually no restriction of the damage that can be done when the flesh is guiding the ship versus coming back to allowing the Holy Spirit to guide us. Happened with David. He sees Bathsheba, calls her in, sleeps with her, gets her pregnant, has Uriah um, called back from, from the front lines, tries to get him drunk so that he can shift so he doesn't have to take the blame and have a cover-up. And then he ends up killing Uriah. Bathsheba mourns the loss of that. God is not pleased at all. And she was mourning. After she was done mourning, though, David didn't stop there. He brought her into his house, and she became his wife and bore him a son. But the thing David had done displeased the Lord. For your homework, read chapter 12 to see how that rolls out. And uh, the consequences. There's always consequences. God sees 
all. And he desires to free us from the things that we have attached ourselves to thinking they will bring us comfort. So my question and invitation actually to you is what are you clinging to for your comfort that is of the world that is not as uh, Michael Todd, pastor Todd said, loving you back, right? So you're seeking it for comfort, but it doesn't give you the comfort that you truly, truly seek because there's that sense of anxiety that goes along with it. You might lose it, might not be enough. You need more. Make a list. And this was an invitation from this, this hour and a half of preaching. And I wrote it down for myself. What are six things that I am clinging to for my comfort, or as he said, cuffed to for my comfort. What are six things that you are clinging to for your comfort other than God? What's interesting here is that in spite of, and this is just, this is the part where it's like, so you're saying I have a chance. David was trying to hide his sin. And when God sent somebody and you read this in chapter 12, sent someone to say, hey, um, you know what? Nathan was the prophet that God sent, uh, and he told him a parable about a poor man that had only one lamb, a little pet. And the, the, the person actually took his one lamb, and David got mad and said, how could he take his one lamb? And Nathan said, that's exactly what you did. Because Uriah, his lamb was Bathsheba that he loved and adored. And not only did he take Uriah's life, but he hurt Bathsheba. And so <laughs> David still, even after that, in, in 2 Samuel chapter 12, you'll see David still wasn't picking up what the prophet Nathan was putting down because he said in second, second Samuel 12, five through six, as surely as the Lord lived, the man who did this must die. He must pay for that lamb four times over because he did such a thing and had no pity. But Nathan said to David, you are that man. And although David tried to hide his sin, we, we see in Psalms, Psalm uh, 32, Psalm 51, those are two Psalms to read what was really going on in David's heart. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love, according to your compassion, blot out my transgressions, wash away my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions and my sin is always before me against you. You alone have I sinned and done what is evil in your eyes. You are right in your verdict and just when you judge. Surely I was sinful at birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me. Yet you desire faithfulness, even in the womb. You taught me wisdom in that secret place. Create in me, O oh God, a pure heart and renew a steadfast spirit within me. So David comes to confess, I, I have sinned against you. And this is what frees us to what we're clinging to for our comfort. Dear God, I'm so sorry for clinging to my need for control or my need to know how things will turn out in order for me to feel peaceful or always having a backup plan. Dear God, I'm so sorry. I, I, I don't trust that you really have my back. So I'm confessing that, I'm, that I cling to for comfort backup plans. 
Oh, I'll pray and I'll ask you to bless something. And I'll also have my backup plan. That's my comfort. And I'm so sorry for that. Help me, dear God, to be free from all comforts of the world and to only have one comforter, which John 14, 26 says that we have a comforter, John 14, 26, but the comforter, which is the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and help you to remember everything that I have said. He will be the comforter, John 15, 26. But when the comforter comes, whom I will send from the Father, even the spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he'll testify about me. We have a comforter. Yet we seek trinkets, shiny objects in the world to comfort us. The drug of approval is a real popular one. That's why social media has spread like wildfire. Please like me. Please tell me that I am enough so that I can be comforted in my identity. The first phase of emotional intelligence in Christ is your identity. It makes the other three phases even possible in emotional intelligence because without our identity grounded in the one who died to restore our identity with God, we are left wallowing in those momentary hits of, oh, great, I just got a feedback about how excellent I performed in this situation, or my salary is at such a place now that I can relax. Jesus talks about that, about the rich man who built himself an extra barn. And God said, you fool this night, your life is taken from you. Again and again, Jesus tells us, do not put your comfort in worldly things. It doesn't mean you're not using your gifts and talents to glorify God. And as God blesses you, then understand you are charged with more for God's glory, not for your glory or my glory. And this is a constant lesson to learn because we attach ourselves or cuff ourselves to the comfort of money. We attach ourselves to the comfort of health. And I can assure you, my friends, in an instant, you can have your health one day and the next it's gone. So be diligent in taking care of the temple of the Holy Spirit. Take care of it. Be nice to it. Exercise it. Feed it well. Take moments to rest and restore to reduce the stress levels. Yet don't attach yourself to the image in the mirror. And that's something that brings us way too much comfort in our society, is the image in the mirror, which many cultures believe it robs the soul of its true identity. And when I was bald and breastless, I actually covered my mirrors with sheets for three days so that I could strengthen my inner game with God. So that when I did finally see the image in the mirror, I remembered whose I was. I wasn't my hair, my eyebrows, eyelashes, breasts. Those were all gone. I was bought by the blood of Christ, and my identity was intact in spite of what I saw in the mirror. So what is it for you today? 
come back to the comforter. If you are going to cling to anything in life, may it be to the comforter, the one who gives you exactly what you're truly seeking to know that you're enough, that God adores you, that any wound, I remember when I was walking around with an open wound the size of a small clementine orange, and I, I remember it was such a profound experience because I would, I would look at people's faces as I would just walk through life and just be praying for them and, and just asking God, I wonder what wound they're walking around with that no one can see. We all have our wounds. Don't hide it. Expose it. Bring it out so that Jesus can set you free. He wants that wound so that he can heal you as he did David. Two times in the scriptures, it says that David was a man after God's own heart in spite of adultery, in spite of deception, cover-up, and murder. As I mentioned when we started today's podcast, I often say, so you're saying I have a, a chance. When you read that story in 2 Samuel 11 and 12, whatever it is that you are clinging to for comfort, that's what David clung to for comfort, right? Bathsheba. He felt like he needed that for comfort. And when we get apathetic and we start, we live in a society that is full of comforts and it becomes part of our identity. So we don't know who we are if we're not comfortable. So today I invite you to get very comfortable with being uncomfortable for God, to get radical about your prayer life. Dear God, now is the time to go into the byways, to go into the alleys, to preach the gospel message from the rooftops. Where are you holding back your calling from God because of comfort? Well, that's uncomfortable. That's a little uncomfortable. Allow the Holy Spirit to be your virtual assistant, your foundation for your behavior, for your emotional intelligence. Emotional intelligence is actually the activation or wakefulness, attentiveness of the Holy Spirit within you to help you discern and manage your personal emotions and behaviors in a way that honors God by loving others well as Jesus did. If for such a time as this, my friends, it is time to wake up, reestablish our sense of identity with the comforter at the heart of who we are and how we see ourselves in connection to the things in this world. Do not touch, do not taste. Understand the difference between worldly comforts in your own life. Write down six or more things that you are clinging to for comfort. In all transparency, some of the things that I wrote down are my reputation for excellence, my reputation, right? Another thing that comforts me is to be acknowledged for a job well done. Uh, my salary, what I make as an entrepreneur, it's definitely become a comfort to me, and I've attached my identity to that. Achievements, certifications, titles, control, 
being a position in a position of an expert in my field. That's a comfort in the world, not in Christ. Need to be included, invited. Don't hide what God wants to heal. Be alert. Wake up to the presence of the Holy Spirit within you and take time to acknowledge. My name's Lauren, and these are six to eight things that I know that I am cuffed to, as Pastor Michael Todd used that phrase. I'm saying clinging to, clinging and emotional clinging to these things for comfort. What is it for you? Write down six things that you're clinging to that you know they become a zone for comfort and they exist outside of you. Come back to the one comforter and allow him to be sovereign over your sense of safety. Allow the Holy Spirit to be sovereign over your sense of safety and connection. In chapter three in the book, Emotional Intelligence in Christ, I take a deeper dive with the reader in the area of identity theft because it's rampant in our society today. And today is just a reminder to one, be aware of what you have given power to and you're attaching yourself to, to feel comfortable. And then bring that before the Lord and ask him to deliver you from those things individually. Dear God, deliver me from my need to be acknowledged, seen, recognized, esteemed, Deliver me from my need for control to know th how things were gonna, are going to turn out or why things happen as they do. Deliver me, God, from all of it. And I want one attachment, my heart to yours, so that I don't miss my calling. Because at the end of this life, it won't be those trinkets of comfort, those false things that give us a sense of security that will matter. But how well did you love me and the people I put in your life? That's it. It's our accountability to God's love within us, through us, for us, and to the people he's entrusted to our care, any human being that he's put in our space. And sometimes those human beings are across the ocean. Bring it back to what God wants to do for you and your calling because he has plans to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you hope and a future and desires to be your sole source of comfort. Don't settle for less, my brothers and sisters in Christ. And I speak to myself on this on a daily basis. Don't settle for less. Do not touch, do not taste. Allow the Holy Spirit, the counselor, the comforter, to be the one that you camp your identity on moving forward. And as you write down those six things that you are cuffed to for comfort or clinging to for comfort, as you cross them out and you ask God to deliver you, deliver you from them, look up a scripture that has to do with the solution. For example, my need for control in order to feel safe. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding, and all your ways acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. That's my solution to my need for control in order to feel safe. No, trust in the Lord with all of my heart. Don't be sold out to needing this or my backup plan. 
trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. So find that scripture, even if it's just one of those things that you know that you're clinging to for comfort today, because it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Let us stand firm and not allow ourselves to be burdened by the yoke of slavery. Give him heaven out there. Visit us at edgegodin.com or emotionalintelligenceinchrist.com. I pray for you. Please continue to pray for me that God is made recognizable in everything we think, say, and do for his glory, not ours.